they're just words, right? Everything we're saying, it's all a crock of shit until you actually put execution behind the words. We can sit here all day long and you can be motivated by TED Talks and you can, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then get off your ass and do it. Otherwise, you're just sitting on your ass watching a dude on the computer. <laughs> Period. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. I am your sonic guide, Timo Way, and this is session two of The Way In with Stephen Downey, the co-founder and president of a revolutionary fitness platform called Utusk. And not only is Stephen launching this fitness platform, but he is also at the time of this recording, on his way back from Everest Base Camp, where he is on a mission to bring awareness to veteran suicides and PTSD. Today, we've got a wide-ranging, deep-diving conversation covering everything from the millennial generation to entrepreneurism to offering it up. So have a listen, open up your minds, your ears, sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's get to it. You're number two, bro. Yeah! Your first, your first like, super entrepreneur startup, man. And then the goal of these is to talk to people that are doing big things that have a vision that is greater than just making the next, you know, poo poo app. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The next, the next app or website that gets a bunch of users that hopefully they sell for a bunch of money and, and never really amounts to anything of actual substance or, or delivery to real people. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> My man. I mean, Sorry. Sorry. That's like nope. a big a, a, dude. It drives me. It drives me wild. It drives me insane meeting like entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And I am I am still in cross phase. Right. I in the entrepreneurial journey. I am an infant and wet behind the ears in every <laughs> sense of the word. But um, we're but a lot of entrepreneurs I meet are getting lost I don't know. Entrepreneurship is cool again. And right now, because of social media and followers and your personal brand and perceived perception, um, I, I feel like entrepreneurship and is, is kind of getting lost, right? Entrepreneurship is about making money, right? It's about getting your message out there. It's about generating a profit and it's about building something bigger than yourself. And a lot of entrepreneurs now are all about getting followers on Facebook or on social media. And then one, they're not half of them aren't giving a good message. They have no business model, no revenue model. All they're doing is building a personal brand. And it's like, cool, congratulations, but you're not an entrepreneur. Right. It's almost like you're building a personal brand and you have nothing to share. Yeah. What, what, so what, beyond the shallow, beyond the surface, like what is there? Doesn't, there doesn't seem to be anything. So like what you're saying, entrepreneurial entrepreneurism is cool again. To be an entrepreneur yeah. is cool, but what the hell are you going to do as an entrepreneur? Oh, well, I'm an entrepreneur. What the hell does that mean to you? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I think Gary Vaynerchuk says a lot of cool things about that. Basically, show me that you can run a practical business. Yep. And a lot of people, maybe I don't even know what the numbers look like for that. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's two percent of people who actually are out there and make a dollar with their business. Oh, I would be even one dollar, right? One dollar yeah, profit. Yeah. So. Any any kind of profit, not even not even profit, just generate Generally some kind revenue. of revenue. 
period, period, end of story. I don't give a shit about profit. Like, like show that you can generate some kind of revenue off your social media following or, or whatever perceived personality you have. If you can start generating real revenue, not even a profit, right? Just, just generate some kind of revenue then, okay, you can, you can call yourself an entrepreneur and, and that you're doing it. But outside of that, I don't know. It's almost like because entrepreneurship is becoming so popular again, it's almost like we need a entrepreneurs generate revenue. So we need a term for people who want to be entrepreneurs, but aren't yet. That's if that makes sense. How, how about the word, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Have, have you like heard it. that? I like it. Yeah. But, but the problem with entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs as I think Gary V will say it, it are people who want, and they'll talk about it and they won't put in the work. There are plenty of people out there, entrepreneurs or who are on their way to becoming entrepreneurs who are putting in the work. They just haven't generated revenue yet. Good point. You know what I mean? Like there's a separate because everybody talks. I mean, that's what social media is, right? I, I want to talk and let's see if anybody will listen. When you encounter people in your day-to-day, one of my favorite questions that I get asked and all, all people seem to ask is, what do you do? So how do you answer the question, Stephen yeah. Downey, what do you, so what do you do? Oh, man, I fight. <laughs> I fight. Every day is a fight, right? Um. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, no, I, you know, I, my company hasn't made uh, generated revenue yet. So we, so I am not an entrepreneur. I, I am that pre one. I will become an entrepreneur when I create a business that generates revenue. So uh, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not in that boat, but I am willing to work my ass off to achieve a goal. So as far as what I am, I'm not really sure. I'm Steve Downey. Um, Love it. But I'll, Outside of that, I mean, uh, I'm a combat veteran. I went to school. Uh, college education is a whole other conversation we can have because that's that's going to be its own entire episode, I'm sure. Um, but I went to school uh, and decided to start my own business. Uh, when I got an idea to start my own business, I Google searched how do I write a business plan. Uh, I Google searched what was a slide deck, uh, and, and I just started going. Uh, and, and, and I haven't really slowed down. I really like that. Those two words, I fight period. Love it. What do you do? I fight every day. It encapsulates you so well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. When you have a really good story about, so you sort of touched on it. You, you're, you're like dropping on a lot of these things, like you're at the education system, but that moment when you, I don't think you just, did you really just Google search how to start a business or that something more happened? And, and, and second of all, what is the business? Could you, what is the business that you have going on? What are you working so, on right now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What I'm working on right now is a mobile application for fitness, nutrition, dietitians, content. Uh, when I got out of the military in 2011, um, I was Iraq combat veteran and I was dealing with a lot of things combat veterans face, PTSD, anxiety, depression. Um, while I was deployed, I lost uh, my mother. So when I got out, I was in a, I was in a dark place. Um, and I put on a lot of weight. I was up to 255, 260 pounds of just chewed bubble gum. It was awful. Um, 
so I don't know. I don't know what had happened. I don't, I don't know what had happened. Uh, you know, maybe uh, my mom somehow from heaven smacked me in the face and kind of snapped me out of it. But when I started back in school, I also started back into the gym, working out again. Uh, and I say all this to lead me to through that journey of getting back into shape and losing 40 pounds and all this other stuff. Um, I saw an improvement in my mental capacity, my PTSD, my ability to control my emotions, anger, aggression, everything like that. Uh, the problem that I was running into was where do I find good content? I was left using Google and social media and dealing with mountains and mountains of ad shit that I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, content I would find at one point, I think I did a chili pepper or cayenne pepper diet. That was awful. I, I'll never <laughs> it. Um, it was, it, it was it was awful. So so all of this inspired me to create Utusk. And what Utusk is, uh, it allows coaches to post content, premium content. They're already sharing free content on uh, social media like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and things like that. Um, and I think that content's valuable. So I created a way that clients anywhere in the world you can follow a coach and get their recipes and their workouts for just a few dollars a month. It's a free market. So coaches set their own price and everything like that. It'll be interactive and feel a lot like our existing social medias. Uh, it'll feel a lot like Instagram, Twitter. So we'll be familiar with using it. But inside of that, I've created an entire revenue system that allows users to find the content they want based on their goals, their needs, um, and find the coaches who can provide that content. So it's immediate validation. If I want to lose weight, I can find a coach who specializes in this and I can validate it because I see the coach behind it. I say, hey, I know this is good information because it's coming from Tima, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. That was a really long elevator pitch. I love um, the elevator pitch. So I got to assume U- that is really excited. Yeah, dude, I'm amped. I'm amped. So great place for coaches, people who want to share information and help other people achieve their wellness and fitness goals. They can go there and they can make money and also share the information. And people who want to be better fitness-wise, wellness-wise, physically, and you even alluded to mentally, uh, they can go to this app and find curated content for themselves so people can meet in the middle at Utusk. And what brought you to... What brought you to the name? I mean, the elephant's a really powerful symbol, but like, what what brought you to Utusk yeah. and why why the elephant? Yeah, well, one, I uh, I love I love elephants, but more importantly, my my wife does, and uh, she when I came up with the name, you know, we're trying to go back and forth and figure out a name, and every fitness app is super aggressive or you know, fit this or it just, I didn't want to be that because the same reason that I might follow a a nutritionist because I want to lose weight or a coach because I want to run a marathon is the same reason I might follow an entrepreneur to learn about business or an artist because I want to learn about art, music or music. You know what I mean? So, so I wanted to come up with a name that was ambiguous enough that if I ever wanted to broaden this app base or this structure, I could, um, so we were going back and forth and my, my wife had this leather elephant thing uh, with these big white tusks. And I thought, why not? So I just, we started going back and forth. So the original name was Tusk, T-U-S-K, but Tusk.com was taken. And if they ever see this and you want to sell, 
you know, reach out to me. But mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're a company out of New York who makes some badass leather leather products. So I knew they were never going to sell their, their name. So we came up with uh, Utusk, uh, Uber, iTunes. I don't know. It, it felt kind of techy. Yeah, but yeah, it's more I, or less ambiguous. For my, for what it's worth, my my penny uh, input on the name, the U as opposed to the I and all the other apps out there, the U just gives it this university feel, an educational feel to it. So yep. when I see U Tusk, I'm thinking education, and then when I dive in, it's a fitness like platform. It really, every time I look at it, I'm thinking my mind goes to university. Oh, that's awesome. Just for yeah. what it's worth. I, <laughs> I think it works really well. No, I like that. I, if you hear me say that in a later conversation, no, it came from right now <laughs> because sorry, I'll, I'll steal that. You that got it, man. No charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, man. Uh, I thought you knew that. I thought that was implied. Like, <laughs> cool. No, no, it was literally me like, well, let's look at all these different apps. And I was just... <laughs> So cool. No, it works, man. Oh, so this is this next question. Maybe this is this is a little more on the personal side because your mother had a huge impact on you. And I mean, you had, you you know, you lost your mother. You had the military experience like that's a huge transition period of your life. And what what would you say is the there's probably tons of lessons. But what was the biggest lesson the most powerful lesson that you learned from your mother? Man. That is a great question. Offer it up. Real simple. Offer it up. Um, so I, I grew up in a very Roman Catholic family, church every Sunday. My parents went to mass during the week. And she used to always say to us whenever we complain about something or something was wrong, she'd always say, offer it up. Uh, in the Catholic faith, that's offering it up for souls in purgatory. But uh, it can be applied outside of any kind of ideology or religious connotation. Um, offering it up, uh, this, is very, this is very personal. But before my mom passed, we had a conversation. Um, and I was pissed off. I was, I was angry. I knew my mother was about to pass away. I was home from Iraq. Um, I was angry and she looked me dead in the eye and she said, well, Steven, some other little boy is losing both his parents right now. Mm. Wow. Some little girl is losing her entire family. Offer it up. Um, somebody out there will always have it worse than you. And I jokingly laugh now when shit gets hard in entrepreneurship, uh, for you Tusk or anything like that, I could be getting shot at, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to take toll and be self-aware of who you are, not just who you are in the way that Gary Vee talks about it. And, and, and you got to be self-aware and know your strengths and know your weaknesses, but you also have to know who you are and where you came from. You have to appreciate the journey that you're on to really ever learn anything from it. So the biggest advice I got from her was, was offer it up. Wow. That's beautiful, man. Thank you. That's she was a great, what a mantra. she was a, she was an incredible lady. Yeah. She was an incredible lady. I was lucky. I was lucky to have her when I did. Oh. So have you, have you had any moments in the building of Utah so far? that you've really had to dig down and be like, man, I just need to freaking offer it up right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and you should tell me about a time when, when that, (sighs) when offer it up was like, you had, that's where it just, everything crumbled around you and it just was an offer it up moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
there's there's multiple of those. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I gotta pick the right. <laughs> I don't want to throw myself or anybody else under the bus. Um, <laughs> here, you know what? I'll do this. Uh, this kind of <laughs> happened recently. Uh, so, so Utusk, we were able to close a good amount of funding. So, you know, it, it's it's cool now where I get to go talk to venture capitalists or anybody like that, and I'm not actually asking for money, um, which throws everybody off right off the bat. So, if you can ever approach a VC and not ask for money, that's your way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I quickly. I came out of the military. I, w- I went to school. My degree was supposed to be, or it, I graduate this summer. I'm done. I just have to apply. But speech, language, pathology, and audiology. There was no business base or anything like that. So when I say I Googled, I literally Googled and then just started reading and talking and banging on as many doors. Timo, I think you were one of the first five people I emailed about Utusk a couple of years ago when I started. Yeah, I remember um, it. But you're and as anybody will find and this isn't just entrepreneurship this is this is life in general um you will absolutely always run into times where you're out of your depth right you're you're drowning in the ocean there's all these problems something's going on this person needs paid this person's supposed to pay uh you're waiting for this or that or 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 you're trying to get this message across and, and and all of a sudden just in life in general you feel Right. The walls close in. Um, That happened to me just the other day, just the other day with everything that's going on between investors and app development and marketing and financial stuff. It's just, you know, it's it's everything. And I'm I'm open to admit when I'm out of my depth, when there's things I don't know. Um, But that was definitely here recently was a was a time where I needed to, quote unquote, offer it up. I needed to swallow my pride, so to speak, and say, hey, I can't do this on my own, or I can't figure out this answer. I need to offer it up and go ask somebody and say, hey, do I do here? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it's almost a moment where you can't do this all on your own. And offering up, offering it up, what it sounds like here is uh, asking, being okay with asking for, for help. Like, dude, I need yeah. an assist. I'm drowning. <laughs> Throw me a freaking rope here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> man. And it's ebbs and flows, man. It comes and it goes. You know, there there are you're you're on top of the world this day, and then by afternoon you're here, and then you go back up. Um <laughs> it's rough. This is so what so talking in, in looking back on that, so that dark period in the ebbs and flows, and there's always going to be more dark periods and that, and that sort of thing, but this like transition moment for you where you're on this, this path and everything sort of crumbled. And now you're, you're like the Phoenix rising is this visionary businessman. Uh, like what, what advice would you give to yourself was 15 years ago before, let's say, I guess that if my math is right, like just before all of that stuff is happening, now that you're out of it and you're looking back, what advice would you give to your younger self? Shut up. Shut up and listen. Shut up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And listen. And listen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would tell myself to stop being a cocky asshole, shut up, and listen to the people 
people around me. I was always good, you know, at the the hypothetical, yeah, okay, I'm listening, yeah, okay, I hear it, but you never actually take it in. Um, yeah, I would tell myself to shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> real plainly, real plainly. And then I'd probably punch myself in the arm and say, you know, you know what that's for. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> shut up and listen, man. Yeah, that's like, this is one of the most underused skills. We, we all hear stuff all the time. We're all he we're hearing things, whether we're listening to Spotify for 10 hours a day or hearing hearing TED Talks. But how much of it do we actually listen and resonate with? And how much, how much do we actually shut up our minds to receive the message? And really see that not happening very much in the world today. Let's, that's... Totally agree. Love that message, totally man. Agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So yeah. let's go. Let's it's, go to the future. What would your older self? What do you think your older self would say to you now? Or what advice would you think your older self would give to you today in this present moment? Time trip. Man, you might yell at me. I don't want to yell at you. Probably, <laughs> it'll probably be shut up and listen. I love it. No, it would powerful. It would, the, it would be it would be the exact same advice because if once you think you know what you're doing and once you think you're on top of it, you're done. You're failed. You're failed. I will never be an expert at my industry. I will I will never be an expert at anything. I would rather be a student for the rest of my life. And and, and when I say student, I don't mean sitting my ass in a classroom talking to a professor. I mean a student in life, learning, doing, building, creating, uh, inspiring. Um, but the day I'm considered myself a, an expert is the day I've failed. I will be a peer for the rest of my life. Will Will I have a leadership positions? Sure, but but leaders are leaders. That's that's something totally different. Um, so yeah, I would tell myself again, shut up and listen, listen to the experience around you. That's powerful. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, in chest, my head, I'm chest I was bumping like, you I was right like, now. I really want to come up with something like super creative. What no, would my that... old self tell myself? And in my head, I was like, it'd be the exact same thing. I'm a pretty straightforward dude. Hey, quit being an asshole. Quit talking so much and actually listen. Okay. Got it. Yeah, you know, that that sort of that brings up this other topic of experts. I really, I really love what you said about never being an expert. So we see there's so many people and so many businesses that claim to be experts in such and such, and especially in academia where people are experts at, let's say, I I, I always think it's funny, uh, like business classes or going to business school. My own experience, my it was I just went to a I got a four year degree, maybe. 10 classes was all I needed for my actual focus degree in information systems management. And the rest was just filler. I went to business school and it felt like I was going to business school to learn how to be a good employee and how to take orders. There was no part of it where it was like, oh, this is how you run a business. Uh, there was a class at uh, one of my last business communications classes that I had taken in school was uh, there was a section that taught you how to set the table one of the pieces in the book was no cell yell, don't talk on your cell phone in the bathroom while you're peeing. And I remember I wrote a paper, and in this paper, one of the lines was, this book is an insult on the intelligence of a kindergartner. <laughs> and, then I, and then in the ensuing 10-page rant, 
got an A, but I, I think it, what is an expert and how do you handle how do you handle experts or how do you handle if somebody approaches you and is an, is an expert or like Steve, I'm an expert marketer. Um, or I, I think people are going to, people seem like they're going to approach you for your, for services and to help you in areas where they may like, Hey, you're weak at this. I'm an expert at, uh, SEO. Yep. I, uh, and, and, and for anybody out there who's actually starting a business and things like that, um, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. Everybody wants a shot. Everybody wants a chance. People are going to come at you from all the different angles, trying to help you. And a lot of them want to help. But but at the end of the day, you have to remember what you're doing, your business, whatever you're starting, whether it's Man Bun Nation or Utusk, nobody loves it and nobody will dedicate the time to it that you will. So you need to take a very realistic just snapshot of yourself and say, okay, if I'm bringing somebody in, I can only realistically expect this much. You know, if I expect this much from myself, realistically, they're going to be down here. Um, if I'm paying them or, or however you're doing it, right. Um, leadership or, uh, experts. Sorry. That was, that was a whole different tangent. No, but, uh, tangents are uh, wonderful. Tangential conversations. A okay. Yeah. They usually lead <laughs> to some of the best revelations. Um, <laughs> you know, I hate, I don't, I don't know how to say this, so I'll just say it and I'll probably have to backtrack a little bit, but, um, I don't think experts, a term we should, should be using, um, because expert now, right. If, if you were to go to somebody and, Oh, I'm an expert in SEO. Well, they're, they they might say they're an expert in SEO just because they have the degrees or certifications or, or this or that. And they might not really have any real world experience. They might know they might be an expert in how to how to do it. But but the actual practical application of the knowledge is something totally different. Um, so when somebody comes up to me and tells me they're an expert, what I really want to find out, because I don't give a shit if you're an expert. I don't. I, I truly could care less. If, if this is the job I need you to do and you can do this job, then great. I don't – anything above that, beyond that, I don't really give a shit about. Right? You, you have to have a mission. Um, there's there's an idea. It's You don't need to be perfect. Good is good enough. Right. You, you have your objectives. You have your missions. You need to fill the slots that 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 can accomplish these goals, these duties. Um, what I would rather have somebody come up to me and say is I am or I want to be a leader. Leadership is far more powerful of a tool, of a position, of a word than expert because experts are deluded. Everybody's an expert in something. Uh, whether they are or not, um, leadership, leadership, either you're a leader or you're not. And, and if you're not, and you say you are, you'll get caught pretty quick. Um, experts, you can kind of pits around it for a while. Um, but, but I would rather have somebody tell me they want to be, or they are a leader. You know, I'm, I do search engine optimization. I am, I'm a leader. I, I work well in a team. I think I can help you. Mm. all day long I'll have that conversation but if somebody comes up to me and says oh I want in or you could use help in this I'm an expert in that see ya have you encountered anyone 
and this there seems to be a play on this out there where on this exact and this is just coming to me but where people say that they're thought leaders and sometimes that that appears to be a way of trying to explain to someone like you like hey i want to be a leader i'm a leader i'm a thought leader when that really sounds more to me like i'm an expert yeah you see what i'm saying have you yeah. have you encountered that that seems to be really popular in like the consulting uh, consulting world. Like, or you go to someone's LinkedIn profile, thought leader. Yeah. What? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I haven't really run across it. I, all a thought leader sounds like to me, honestly, is somebody who's got a social media following and they're trying to monetize it. Right on. I'm, yeah. I'm a thought leader because people listen to me. And, and I tell people I'm a thought leader because I want to make money off people listening to me. So if I tell them I'm a thought leader, maybe somebody will pay for me. Gotcha. It, in my, but that could be – that could require backpedaling later. I might sound like an asshole. No, that might not, not be true. You sound like an asshole. <laughs> my, my logic model, at least on how I view it, somebody like a thought leader, that's how that's, – that's the box I would put them in. Mm. Not that I put people in boxes. It just <laughs> – well, maybe an expert just likes to be in a box, and you just yeah, yeah. You just let them Absolutely. know that that's uh, that's where they yeah. are. And all, and, and all millennials, all millennials are in the same box of being lazy, ungrateful assholes. So uh, tell, tell me more about that, see. Dude, that got me. Please tell oh, me more. Man, that got me fired up. <laughs> oh man. So millennials, so, let's let's talk about this. I, I think this is a really hot button issue for both of us. I I love that you. So you recently there was this video online that this some a this, woman it looks like she was a part of uh, the millennial generation of which both of you and I are a part of and yep. essentially just trashed the generation calling us lazy and uh what all the other typical generalities that are applied to our our generation her um, her name and and I don't know if this is her name was Alexis Bloomer. She's a millennial. She's from Texas. She's actually a TV news reporter or anchor or something like that. And and her story, she was leaving a grocery store and saw this old man or somebody who, who needed help getting, you know, holding the door or something like that. And these young millennials walked right by him, didn't hold the door and left. And then she was thinking about that and pulled over and laid out this whole rant and apologized to like older people, like, I'm sorry for my generation and called us all lazy and all this other shit. So one, why didn't she hold the door for the guy? Why wouldn't you walk back over? I've done that. If I see somebody who needs help, yeah, I'll absolutely turn around and, and go open the door for them. So, so why is it one those kids, you watched it happen, so aren't you at fault too there? But that's a whole different, maybe she couldn't have got to it, whatever. Um, but what drives me insane is she's being praised and she's being praised by baby boomers or whatever, however you want to refer to the older generation. Yeah. These millennials, they're ungrateful and they're always on their phone and they don't know this and they don't know that. They don't know what hard work means. When I was in school, I worked my way through college. Well, college cost you $500. So <laughs> doesn't really weigh out the way you think it does. Uh, you could work for minimum wage and pay your, pay your way through college, which on a side note, uh, the, the social movement in the 80s, 90s and early 2000s of you have to get a college degree if you want a good job, if you want to raise a good family and you want to support them. So so what does that social movement do that pushes everybody to college, kids who wouldn't necessarily go to college? And we've all heard the phrase that it doesn't matter what your degrees in as long as you have a degree. 
That statement is a kick in the nuts. Are you kidding me? Then what good is my business degree or what good is this degree or that degree? Why did I go to school to get this degree if it doesn't matter in the first place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I digress. I digress. <laughs> what was the original question? What hey, were we talking about? Hey, you're talking about it. Millennials. This is, there's, oh, like, yeah, millennials. there's like 50 millennials. issues and just how, uh, it's, how our generation it's is viewed and, and what it looks like for us. Yeah. Our our generation is the most connected generation in the world that has ever been that older generations, our parents, whatever you want to call them, they don't understand it. They don't understand. This is so this is a generation of things who were things that are outside of something they're not used to is immediately frowned upon or bad or this or that. And you can there's any number of issues you want to pull up that that prove this. But I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. (laughs) Clearly, we're not lazy. Clearly, we're not ungrateful. We're not disrespectful. And and my problem isn't uh, because there was a lot of stuff she said that I absolutely agreed with. Desecration of the flag, um, destruction of property, stifling somebody else's freedom of speech are all things that are deplorable and that should never, never be tolerated. But she's being praised for making a blanket statement about an entire group of people. That's no different than saying all white people are racist, all minorities are criminals, um, every priest is a pedophile, and that every Asian person can't drive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's these broad-ass statements. And and But we get mad when everybody else, you know, the the this generation, it's we, – it's it's absurd. It's truly absurd. And it just that that's what set me off was her being praised for making this broad, generalized statement. I mean, yeah, I agree with a lot of things she said, but but it's not all millennials. And you can't you can't be OK with saying that. Otherwise, you're just you're you're increasing the cycle of just bullshit. Mm. When when can we stop? When does a college degree stop being the end all be all? When does my age, my race, my sex, when does that stop being what you, uh, you know, evaluate me on and start having it be a college degree is checks a box in this entire criteria of merit of action or what you've done? Um, that's that's what that whole rant was about, because it drives me crazy that we're not we're judging people in generalities and we're not judging them on the merit of their character and their action. Social media, because of this, if I want to know something at any given time, if I want to connect with someone at any given time, I can't. Our parents have never experienced that. Our grandparents, uh, nobody, nobody before us has ever experienced the connectivity we have. Um, and, and, and it opens these doors to, Oh, well shit. Now I can truly learn about somebody or I can connect with somebody. Stop using Facebook or or, or social media as a way to prove employees are bad or (laughs) stupid shit in their free time and use social media and and their work history and and whatever else criteria you want in place to measure them for who they are, the character, the merit of their character. Yeah, the character of their content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, the character of the content that's being shared. And that's, Head on it. There's a uh, the other the fascinating piece of this to me is the the amount of you know, there seems to be a lot an increasing number of people 35 plus uh, a lot of women also that are using Facebook and 
then the people, so backtrack a little bit, but this woman here who is just trashing millennials is using, it's posted on Facebook and social media, which are all created by millennials. millennials. And people are doing the majority of their complaining and bad mouthing of millennials on platforms that are run by or created by, or both by millennials. I I Um, would love to see the breakdown of uh, social change, social justice, donations, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, A comparative chart between, you know, companies run by, started and run by people over age X versus companies that are run and started by millennials. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee every... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these social media companies that are maybe not run by millennials or created by millennials, but they are content driven by millennials, Mm -hmm. right? We're the ones who are doing it. We're the ones who understand it. Those places donate and and affect so much positive change in their communities for the betterment of the world. That's the, that's the like, millennial generation in a nutshell is we're experiencing technical technological advances that our parents older siblings have, have never experienced in their life so so you have that you have information is so readily available so it, you know it used to be that if you wanted to learn about choo-choo trains you go to the public library and you rent a book about choo-choo trains and you read it that was how you learned and right. then college And then so if I want to learn about business, I go to college and I learn about business. Never mind that the entire educational system from ground up through higher education builds people to be employees and not leaders. That's a different conversation. Mm. But because of this and because of this, this computer, I don't need to go. I don't need to leave my couch to get information. I can use the Internet, this plethora of information to educate myself. So we're going through the millennial generation is just going through a maturing. I mean, look at how old we are. Look at our life experiences. We're, we're, we're maturing, we're growing. It's these growing pains, but I guarantee the generations before us, nobody cared about positive social change affecting long-term good. Like, excuse me, like we do. Yeah. I think one of the challenges might be how can we, seek advice and how can we connect with the older generation uh social activism let's let's just pick something like uh people who are against fossil fuels here in seattle you have kayak protesters they're going out i i hear it they're you you check the interviews they're all 53 years and older they were probably hippies back in the day protesting you know big corporations etc etc and then they look what are their kayaks? Exactly. But the uh, the way that we protest looks different. And I think that that is difficult to understand because it's not necessarily visible in the street. Sorry, right? it's, it's on Twitter. It's it's not televised, so to speak. And, um, and we as me, we as millennials as as this and I, I hate I hate putting us into this box called millennials right. because it's such horseshit. But we as millennials, these people and it's it's not the and, and this isn't anything to do with politics, but when you look at the protests, the peaceful protest um, at Kent State University, um, even though, you know, somebody in the National Guard, you know, somebody was killed, that protest up to a certain point was peaceful. Uh, there have been a number of protests and, and sure there are always, you know, dumpsters getting lit on fire or something like that. There, there's, you know, a little public destruction, sure. but 
nothing like we see today because our, our generation has split either for, for social change, half go online or, or I think a majority go online to social media to help spread a word to do to maybe start a program to affect change. And then the other half goes out and riots and destroys property and things like that. I'm all for public demonstrations, uh, sit-ins, peaceful protests, any anything like that. But when it comes to stepping on the flag, destroying somebody's property, um, me screaming so somebody else can't talk or voice their opinion that other people want to hear, it's wrong. It's just, it's wrong. Sounds like everybody could benefit from your advice of shut up and listen. And <laughs> circles all right back to I it. I love right? it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so I guess... <clears throat> Respectful of your your master time. Got a few more questions for you. No, no, you're good, brother. Go, uh, I'm all yours. Let's party. I missed you. <laughs> it's mutual. So everybody loves hearing about morning routines. I do. And whether or not you even have one, maybe not having one is one. But is there anything in your day that is just non-negotiable? Something you wake up and you know that day that you will do it, whether it's a mantra or lighting a candle and reading some meditations or, or crushing out 50 push-ups in the bathroom. Is there anything that's non-negotiable in your day that you do that keeps you just here locked in and grounded for the work that you're putting in? Man, that is a great yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely, um, I, I'm a creature of habit. I like routine when my routine or my, my pre when it, when it, when my schedule gets thrown off, I, I mean, adapt and overcome, don't be such a baby about it, but <laughs> I like to have a schedule, but, um, you know, taking it from my mother, uh, offer it up and shut up and listen that, um, every day, sometimes I'll do it at, at, at night before I go to bed. Sometimes I'll, uh, drive around the valley, right through the peninsula of the national park and everything like that. And I lay out like this, this conversation here, um, I'll go through, I'll go back through this a thousand times in my head and I'll work through, okay, Timo said this, I said that, how was my body language? What did Timo, I, mm. I am, I am meticulous about going through daily interactions to try to self-improve. What does that look like? So you, you take time out of your day cruise through the valley or shower or whatever it is, but you mindfully set showers time aside. Great to, yeah. to, showers are always interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. It sounds like you're, so you, you, you set time aside to, to do an instant a game. You replay the game in your head, so to speak. Yeah, Watch the yeah. game tape. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to set time aside. Gotcha. Um, it's, but, but you're dead on it is it's, it's anything. If you're driving to the grocery store to go get groceries, if you're driving wherever to do whatever mm. that time, turn off the radio or turn it down. Um, and, and just, and just start thinking and processing through everything. That's great. Um, now it can be, it can be dangerous. So, and, and I say dangerous as, as a joke, but depends on your personality. So I have had diagnosed, whatever you want to call it, ADD, ADHD, whatever it is, which is, is a whole other. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. But the, 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 it's not 
ADD, like people describe ADD, you know, you can't focus, you can't sit still, da, 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 da. Well, and it's not that I can't focus. It's that my mind moves at a hundred miles an hour at all times. If you tell me, if you give me a story or need me to figure something out, I, I don't look at it from one angle. My ADD quote unquote kicks in and, and all of a sudden I'm down a rabbit hole planning, you know, you, you tusk out a hundred years you know, figuring out every minute detail on that journey. And it can be dangerous where you get overwhelmed, where you, you get to that point where you're like, oh, crap. Um, but just sit down, shut up, and listen to yourself. That's in your head. You're listening to yourself. It's great. Listen to other people. But then you need to shut up and listen to yourself. Um, Mark Cuban has a, a great... Uh, saying i don't know if it's a saying i think he said it somewhere but it was it was uh don't tell the stupid people to shut up let them talk so we can identify it <laughs> oh, it's like perfect perfect yeah yeah and and that's that's great and on that danger that you mentioned sort of the dangerous thing I think it, it may well be, it may as well be viewed as dangerous if you're not mindful of it uh, yeah. and of yep. it, it being going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, or just getting caught in getting in this infinite loop on a thought that just, if, you know, walking down the street, you can see people go on for years and that it can lead to depression. It can lead to any number of mental side effects or effects rather. Yep. But it, it, this may be well because our minds are moving so quickly these days. We have access to so many things and so many new ideas, especially if you're just turned on and in, and locked in and doing the work like you are. Uh, we'll probably like meditation will become more and more important. This to, to me and sounds like what you're doing. Meditation could look in, in many different ways. Like, go, yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's exactly med meditation is any number of different things. Uh, the, the meditation or the, the, centering of myself is generally done, um, in the gym or taking my dog for a hike, uh, you know, something to release those endorphins, get you feeling a little bit better. Um, I, I, I like to think that exercising, hiking, being active, being outdoors allows you to clear your mind being inside. If you, if you lock yourself in your house for an entire week, you know, in my mind, I'm picturing, you know, crappy, unfiltered air, stenches, smell, you know, all this other. But then if you trap yourself outside for a weekend, imagine the clarity of your mind just indoors to outdoors. Um, and imagine your thought process if you're not out in the sunlight, if you're, if you're inside on your ass, on your couch, watching Netflix all weekend long, that's just going to perpetuate depression, anxiety, uh, any, any of these issues, the way you battle it is stop taking fucking pharmaceuticals. Mm. Sorry about my language, but I think the United States is one of the only countries in the world that allows pharmaceutical companies to advertise directly to consumers. Think about that. They're not going to your doctor and saying, hey, here's this great drug. This is why it's better. You should prescribe this. No, they're making TV commercials and slapping ads on NASCAR that's saying, hey, are you sad? You should take this pill. Mm. You know what you should do if you're sad is you should get off your ass and go outside. Just <laughs> like you Tony Robbins make... said, you can't have emotion without motion, baby. And stagnation 
is death. What are you doing when you're dead? You're not moving. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, man. It's if you're not moving, you're dying. If you're not evolving, um, an, an interesting, I don't know, parallel to this. Um, I've been really fortunate. Uh, when I got out of the military and I, I went back to school, I, I made a conscious decision to be active in the veterans community, uh, student veterans and, and things like that. That's ultimately led to something I'm sure we'll talk about it, that I'm going to Nepal and going to Everest. And actually, by the time this airs, I'll be on my way home. Um, but um, the American Legion. Uh, so I had an opportunity through a Jay Musson, who is a v- decorated Vietnam veteran. He's a champion for student veterans at the university and just student veterans everywhere. Um, he came to me and he said, Hey, you know, I, I got this idea. I want to create an American Legion post here on campus. And the whole point of this post is to help student veterans finish school and get a job. And so we'll create a network of veteran alumni student veterans and, and we'll work together. This is about bettering the veteran community. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, American Legion as, as a whole is a fantastic organization that serves a multitude of purposes. And, and the main one that, that people will know them for that, that is kind of pivoted how people look at them are, are canteens or, you know, when everybody thinks of the American Legion, they might think of somewhere drinking or yeah. a bunch of vets. Burger night and cheap beers at a neighborhood spot, like a house or something. Yeah. Dead on it. And yeah. so this is a perfect analogy to, um, I really think the millennial generation as a whole and what's going on in the world today. Um, so the American Legion, the VFW, those organizations started those veteran canteens and things like that for veterans to connect. Um, shell shock during World War II, PTSD now. Um, you know, there's just a camaraderie and bond that you build, whether you're in combat or, or not. You know, just being in the military, there, there's a there's a bond and then combat is, you know, just intensifies that bond. But because of this, I can connect with guys I was in Iraq with like that. I don't need to go to a bar. I don't need to have a drink. I don't need to go do any of this. I can connect right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the mission or the purpose of what veterans need is no longer these bars or restaurants or, or halls to go hang out in. What veterans now want is we want education and we want to get a job. Mainly, we just want to get a job and we want to come out of the military and continue to be uh, a part of society and contribute and support our families and, and do and continue to serve. Um, so the the American Legion has been fantastic in, in allowing us and giving us leeway to create this post. And I was the inaugural commander. I served for two years. And in six months since creation, we um, were able to make it the largest post on a college campus in the country. Wow. <laughs> um, national press coverage and things like that. But I'll say this, and, and I keep going back to how much I appreciate and respect the American Legion, but it, it wasn't without pushback. It wasn't without hard work because these older veterans are set in their ways. This is how we do things. This is what we wear. This is what we say. Well, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Younger veterans, we, that's, they won't come. They won't, they won't do that. So for, and this is something small, but if you look up pictures of the American Legion and their uniforms, they're called cook caps and they're, they're flat bread. Yep. <laughs> um, younger veterans, we don't want to wear that. 
we want to wear a baseball cap or, or this style cap. And so I got a lot of pushback or we as a post. And now, so we wear them right on special occasions. We'll wear the cook cap, but generally we wear the baseball caps. And this is all minute and doesn't really mean anything, but it shows that the generational differences that these millennial or these newer veterans, what we want, we want education. We want to get a job. I can communicate with my brethren on my own. Um, so that's kind of, that, that kind of parallels to modern day with our parents or 35 and up, right. Who don't really understand the fact that I don't need canteens anymore. I can connect with my brethren right here. That's beautiful. It's a bit it's, of a stretch, but it's there. It's, right? it's, it sounds really in line with even the platform you're building today, Utusk. And, in my experience so far, meeting you and a number of other entrepreneurs, people who are really so driven and focused on startups, some of the most driven in people who are doing the doing the work, so to speak, have military backgrounds. And conversely, uh, or what had, and specifically though, were had seen combat action, specifically combat veterans. Uh, the other side of that is I've also met veterans. I, somehow I meet a lot of veterans, but uh, I've also met veterans who who have seen action. You know, Iraq War veterans will come back, and then there's also sort of this um, like amplified. It's either amplified one way or another in that they're amplified yeah. in doing the work, and, and yeah, I'm coming here gung ho, really soldier mentality. I'm going to plow through, and I'm going to get this freaking job done, or I'm going to start this business, or I'm going to be the best at whatever it is that's put in front of me. Yep. And like you, like you said earlier, adapt and overcome, like they are, they are doing that. And the other converse side of this, I see a lot of people who are just lost. Uh, they'll come here and they're not really sure how the hell to integrate. So it really what you're doing there, I think that's going to, that's a really powerful way of approaching it rather than throwing money here and there. Um, yeah, get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Support you 100 on that. The, the, the... <sighs> Getting out of the military, getting out of college, whatever whatever you're doing, whatever wherever you're coming from, if if your goal is to make money, if your goal is a big house or a fancy car, um, I'm not the person for you. Period. End of story. Um, I am not. I mean, of course, I want a nice car and I want to be able to take care of my family, but. But that's not that's not what motivates me. That's not what motivates a lot of veterans. Um, and, and to say and I will I do just want to point this out. And I feel like as a veteran, I can say this because I think a lot of people think this um, but can't really say it um, as a veteran. Veterans are a split group. Some of us are incredible individuals and some of us are assholes. Some of us are lazy. Um, we're, we're a mixed group just like anybody else. Now, that doesn't mean disrespect or, or don't appreciate the service that somebody's given to their country. But veteran, we're, we're, we're people. We're, we're your neighbors. We're, we're your friends, brothers, sisters. We're, we're people you know on an everyday basis. So it's it's. I think sometimes, you know, in, in media and everything like that, oh, veterans, veterans, veterans. And, and then some people have bad experiences with with veterans and they're, they, they feel like they can't say anything. So it's like, Hey, you know, absolutely. I recognize that some veterans don't really work that hard or, or they're whatever. 
It happens. It's part of the community. But a majority of us are absolutely not like that. Um, and, and I don't. And, and I. And that plays over to millennials too. It, it, it plays across. It plays across the the spectrum. Um, no matter how you look at it. Uh, I don't know. I hear you. Yeah, we. It. This exactly. Every name insert group name here. Apply generality. And what seems to happen is that once that generality or that general statement or those general stereotypes are applied and with, with the effect of social media, we're like, oh, well, that's how that group is in the minds of so many people. The voices of the individual are drowned out. All right. I've got, I've got right, another, got fun, fun, another fun question another fun for, you. for you. Get after it. All right. Let's say, All right, let's say you've, accomplished you've accomplished everything you everything have wanted to accomplish or everything at this moment that you think you want to accomplish. Let's say Utusk is a billion dollar company. Not only do you get to Everest, you get to climb Everest. You are a leader. You've faced all the fears you think you've had to face. You have all the money you want. You've traveled the world for like 10 years. And all those bugs that maybe are in you, if you even have any, have been tackled and taken care of. And here we are having this conversation and you go to bed, all boxes checked, if you even have those. You arrive home, it's Thursday morning, what do you do when you wake up? Hmm. Probably do the same thing I do every morning. Let the t- Drink a cup of coffee, let the dogs out, watch some news, and start my day. Um, I, having all the boxes checked, being able to vacation, all of that. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. Hope it happens. Knock on wood that everything's keeps going the way it is. But I think the the day I stop pushing or the day I stop trying to do more, trying to be more, trying to achieve more, the day I consider myself an expert and that I've won the day I think I've won the race. I'm done. I'm done. The, the point here isn't fancy cars, big houses, vacation, uh, comfort, creature comforts of life. Um, the point is, at least for, for me and my, my wife and what I'm trying to do, is long-term sustain, sustainable wealth, right? You, you want to – my goal in life is to create and affect as much positive change as I can, period, end of story. That's why I joined the military. That's why I'm active in my community. That's why I want to do Utah because I can, I believe I can help people, but ultimately, you know, helping people hits a point and then you can't really help people the way you want to without money. You can't, you, you, you can't help people without being established, having rank name recognition, especially now everybody's their own brand. Um, so the day I stop trying to establish myself the day I stop trying to grow, right? Grow the ability to affect positive change. Um, I know that doesn't really answer your question. Oh, it does. A, it does. That's a bullshit roundabout because I don't know what to say. You, and I well, went off. It's open source, baby. You answer it however you feel you need to answer it. There's no right answer to that question. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I pray. I honestly pray that day never comes. I pray that I'm I, like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like that's, that's where you need to be. Mm. Mm. 
I love it. <laughs> but it, Says, it is such a like it's such a cliche. I, it's such a and I, and I recognize that. I know what I'm saying. Are 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 a load of uh, it's everything. It, they're just words, right? Everything we're saying. It's all a crock of shit until you actually put execution behind the words. We can sit here all day long, and you can be motivated by TED talks, and you can oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then get off your ass and do it. Otherwise, you're just sitting on your ass watching a dude on the computer. <laughs> Period. You're an expert at TED Talks, at, at knowing TED Talk content. Yeah, way to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Way to go. <laughs> See, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> so let's um, say, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, no, so, uh, so, and, and I'll just throw this in there and you can take this however you want um, with it. The Everest trip. No, just to, just so I, I don't forget to say it. We're, we're going to Everest, and I think when this is released, we'll be on our way home. Um, oh, man, I just looked at myself in the camera, and I look like a crazy person. Wow. Um, okay, I'll sit back a little bit. Um, yeah, the Goonie yeah, shirt really helps it. Really helps it. <laughs> I did it. So, millennial. I'm a millennial. I'm a combat veteran. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not lazy. I'm not disrespectful, and I rock Goonies. So... Um, but so we're going, we're going to Mount Everest and one of the, with an organization called summit for soldiers, uh, I'll be representing summit for soldiers as well as the American Legion. Uh, all of us, uh, majority of us at least are legionnaires. Um, but one of the, the founder of summit for soldiers, Michael Fairman is actually on his way to the summit of Mount Everest right now. And he is taking a flag with the name of 8,000 veterans who have committed suicide. Uh, 22 veterans commit suicide every day, 8,000 a year. Um, there's been research a little bit here and there behind that number and that it's really hard to define that number, but as a cultural thing, uh, I think it's, it's a great way to bring attention to this. So we're, we're, he's taking a flag with the name of 8,000 veterans who have committed suicide aside the other group of us we're actually going to climb and meet him at everest base camp on his way down and then we're all going to escort the flag home um along the way the group of us who are meeting him at base camp we're going to be carrying up uh relief supplies as i'm sure a lot of people know nepal was affected by that earthquake last year that killed about nine thousand people so a lot of these remote villages on the way up uh you know they're still they're still destroyed um Personally, and I think a lot of veterans have this same personal mission. Uh, when I got back from Iraq, uh, I, I promised myself that I would go back to a third world country, but I didn't want to carry a rifle. I didn't. I didn't want to go kick in doors. I didn't want to be a medic over there. I did, but I, I didn't want to be a medic in combat. I wanted to go to a third world country, and I wanted to bring relief. I wanted to bring books and water. Um, a lot of veterans and, you know, personally, right, you, you, scales in life. Okay, combat kind of tilts the scales in one way. So uh, that's why I think you see a lot of veterans who get out and continue to serve because, you know, service is a part of balancing the scales of life. But, yeah, so we're going to Everest. We're bringing in relief supplies. And so when this is out, uh, June or whenever you release this, we'll be back. I'll be home June 15th. So... Yeah. You said something gorgeous there. You said, what was it? Service is part of the scales of balancing life. What was that that you said? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about service, right? We all, we all write good and bad in our life and we all do stupid shit. 
Um, some veterans go to combat and, and you have to take a life or you have to do something. Um, you get a, people, civilians, um, a less dramatic version of that might be, you know, getting a DUI or, or problems with work or stupid shit you do. Because mm. we all, anybody who says they don't, they're lying and they're probably the biggest idiot out of the fund. Um, but the, the scales, the good and bad scales start getting tipped in this way. And, and so I think service, service is an absolute necessity in our life. Um, not just because, uh, you know, it's important for societal change and, and things like that, but the, the mental, the, the, I don't know if physiological is the word I want, but, but there's a chemical reaction in your brain and your body when you do good, when you, what was it? Um, Benjamin Franklin, maybe when I do good, I feel good. That's my religion. I, I can't think of the quote. I want to say it was Benjamin Franklin, but that's that's exactly it. Go do doing good helps you feel good. It balances the scales in life. Beautiful. I can ask you a couple more questions because I, I just like seeing your face so much. I, yeah, dude, I miss you. I, I, I love conversations. And for anybody who's watching this, two days before Timo and I shot this, we probably talked on the phone for like an hour about <laughs> stuff well outside this video. Timo and I go go down rabbit hole together pretty regularly. We're just we're we're holding hands in a very manly manner down the rabbit hole, leading one another. Skipping. We might be skipping. 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 Yeah. But in a manly, it's a manly Hell, skip. We're riding the rabbits. We're riding Ooh. rabbits. Ooh, the white rabbit, little Jefferson airplane. Holding in four carbines. To- yeah, throw the toaster in when white rabbit peaks. <laughs> little Hunter S. Thompson. All right. Too much. Oh. I may have. Somebody's got to get that reference from oh. Fear and Loathing oh. in Las Vegas. But. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. All right. How- All right. Oh, I've got just right. my la- <laughs> the last, like, big – I'm not going to call it big. This is just the last, like, maybe conceptual question for you. What, what's in? Tell me about an obvious fact that you see in your daily life, or or something that you see in the world that's happening that that it seems like the rest of the world overlooks. Like, for example, <laughs> one one for me is like it, it blows my mind how very few people when I tell them that the moon, the same side of the moon, faces the Earth. It doesn't actually. It doesn't actually spin. Doesn't rotate. And that blows people's mind. But it's just sort of an example. But so tell me about an obvious fact that you see in your daily life that really the rest of the world overlooks. Huh. Sort of a contrarian um, truth. I was. I was processing. Believe. I was processing. The moon doesn't spin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or put in other words, as I think Peter Peter Thiel ask this question in interviews it's like what is what is something that you believe to be true that very few or no one else agrees with you on man there's there's a number oh man with with without getting i'll just lay it on me (laughs) yeah yeah all right we are naturally selfish people right we are naturally selfish we want we want um we want a nice house we want um and a lot of times that gets thrown for um 
you're selfish or you're egotistical because people want naturally want um, what I see and that that people don't there's a separation and people don't separate um, the ego that drives you to do more, to be more, to achieve more. And then the ego that wants mm -hmm. the ego that Mercedes that wants that big house. Um, a, a lot of people kind of condense them into one and the same. Um, I've met a lot of people who are ego, e ego driven. Um, everybody at their core is it's like that yin and yang, right? We, we want, we, we want it, we want it now or, or this or that. And then the other side of it is I want this, but I'm willing to bust my ass for it. Um, it's, it's not, Everybody, everybody has that. And it's just a matter of finding, finding it and, and being a leader and bringing it out in people. And so why I say I see this and other people don't, it's because people give up too easy. People give up too easy, just as you're going to go. And now I say this from a uh, standpoint with friends, uh, it can be applied to employees. It can be applied across any number of spectrums, but people are naturally selfish, but people naturally want to do good. So as a friend, as a, as a parent, as a boss, leader, CEO, whatever you want to call yourself, um, you need to be able to separate those in a person. They're not one in the same. Just because somebody's motivated by money or the big house doesn't mean they're not also motivated by doing good, by helping people. Um, the it's it's your if you're motivated by money or, or you you're motivated by a big house or fancy things, people immediately assume you're selfish or egotistical and, and this and that. And that's not true. That's not true. That's that's jealous. If, if I have, if I'm trying to do good and I have a nice car, that doesn't make me egotistical. It makes me successful, you asshole. Um, so, so what, what I'm getting at is, is that people think selfish people are selfish. People think good people are good. And, and it's not like that at all. We're all one and the same. There's selfish sides. There's good sides. Um, as a leader, as a parent, as a man, it took me a minute to get to this point, but I swear I'm there. Um, as a parent, as a teacher, as a boss, as a friend, however you want to look at it, you need to look at those in your life, even if you're having good times, bad times, whatever it is. And you need to look at them and understand, you know, what makes them good, what makes them want to do good? What makes them, why do they want that car? Do they want a fancy car? Do they want that six series BMW because they love BMWs and the handling is incredible? Or do they want that BMW as some form of validation for friends or family or something right. else? Um, look at, and it goes back to again, merit, King merit, but, judge quote unquote judge people based on their actions and the merit of their character that's that's so that's what it is okay there it is that's what it is i i didn't i wasn't really sure how to answer that question so this is how i'll answer it what i see that's different than anybody else is i don't give a shit about your college degree i mean i do it checks a box um i i don't 
give a shit that you want a fancy car. I, I want to know what makes you want to do good and how can we express that in you? How can I help you stay motivated to do good? Because the more good you do, the more you create, the, the, the stronger your base is and the more you'll build up. Well stated, my man. No, it wasn't. I talked well, in a No, you, you, it made the point. <laughs> it made the I've point. I've done anything like this before. I'm sure it made the point. You're, yeah, you made you made the point. Yeah, the other the other layer, the, this the theme the theme of of what you're saying. I'd like to add. I'd like to offer up for to get to that point where you see people and you're you're seeing their merit, or rather, you're hearing their merit. It goes back to what you said earlier, I think, with listening. To, to be able to actually have the patience to shut up and listen to that person, to see what is motivating, what is driving that good side of them, requires what, what you were, everything you said requires the listening. Uh, and uh, maybe even offering up an ear or offering yeah. up yourself yeah. to listen. So, Absolutely. man, Absolutely. I, I totally feel it. That's, that's, I got some. I got some goosebumps. Oh, you! Hey, you took I get goosebumps every time I talk to you, Timo. You, Timo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, oh, you get it. You get it. You do. Hey. You, you understand. You, ha- you have such an interesting look, view, vantage point. Right? We're all, we're all down here in the ditches trying to figure out how, how to do what we want to do and you have this vantage point just up on a hillside overlooking all of us i mean when shoot when you left akron man i was so jealous i was so jealous of you being able to uh free yourself not and 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 i that sounds like oh you got out of akron that's not it at all akron's just a place on a map yeah, Akron's my home. I'm, yeah, Akron through and through, baby. No, um, it, but it's the the ability that that you you wanted you wanted more. You weren't satisfied with working your normal job. You weren't satisfied with the world around you, and you said, "Man, this world's a pretty big place. I need to go experience it." Uh, and I'm so jealous that you got to experience it in the way you you did. Uh, and and I, I love talking to you because you have this vantage point on everything that's. Uh, almost outer body at times. Sometimes you, you say things to me and I'm like, Oh shit, he is, he gets it. He gets it. Oh man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I enjoy connecting with you because you, while my, our experiences look different, I think our journeys have been very similar. Yeah. And yeah, man, I, I want to acknowledge you for your, your powerful drive. That's just, I haven't met anybody with that drive. The, the drive that you have to get to your vision is I don't know anybody else. I've met people who have great ideas and they've got drive, but they're missing they're missing a piece. Uh, so you just powering that towards sense. that big vision. I see it, and I'm rooting for you. Yeah. And I and I, I know that you're going to get there. You're going to get somewhere. It may not look like what where you think you're going right now, but it's going to be it's going to be sweet. Oh God, brother, that means so much. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's gonna be wherever great, you know that old. Uh, um, I, I laugh, but it's it's true. Um, you you know, you know, tell God, tell God you have a plan, and He'll laugh in your face. 
Um, right. You, you can make your plan and I want to do this and be here and uh, take out, you know, if you're not a religious person, take out any ideology and call it Lord Zenith if you want to. I don't really care. Ins- insert but, business for God. Tell the business yeah. you have a plan and, and see what happens when you f- meet your first customer. Yeah. yeah. The, like the day you have a, like, if you have a plan and you in your mind, like, okay, if I do this plan, this is where I'll end up. And it works out exactly like you think. I'll buy you a beer. Come find me. I will buy you a beer, but I guarantee you that'll never happen. So adjust on, be prepared. If you're listening to this and you want to get into business or something like that, have a plan and execute your plan, but always be flexible, always be ready to adjust. Cause otherwise you're going to end up doing shit like I do and you get overwhelmed and you get, you get stressed. And for a day you feel like shit until you pull your head out of your fourth point of contact and you start listening. It's all going back to shut up and listen. Brother. My brother. (laughs) Final, final question for you. Love it. What are you most grateful for today? What's going on? What's going on in your life that you're most grateful for? Life. Just in period. Boom. Boom. Period. Life. Um, some people, uh, you know, you experience life, you experience death during your life, friends, family, whatever you have it. Um, some people experience it sooner than others, but I, I think the grand scope of wanting to do good, you first have to appreciate the fact that you get the opportunity to do good. Like be, be grateful that we have the opportunity to, to do good. And this isn't just like, Oh, America, we're free. We can do whatever we want because every, a lot of other places have freedom. <laughs> freedom is not a commodity that America packages and sells to the world. <laughs> anyway, <It's so> wrong. <laughs> but, but we, we have the, the, the freedom, the ability to, to live our lives and to pursue our dreams. Ah, I mean, that's a pretty flooring idea when you think um, about the rest of the world uh, and the history of the rest of the world with uh, poverty and, and slavery and depression, uh, like financial and economic social depressions, things like that. Um, the opportunity that's in front of us now, uh, personally, me, our generation as a whole, like we're on this precipice of incredible, incredible change. The world's connected like it's never been. Uh, we have a generation of uh, warriors. I want to say the millennial generation are warriors for social justice, social change, positive long-term change. I hate, I hate the term social justice because that gets dropped into a political group. Um, sure. that's, I, I, I hate that word. So, so I'll say the millennial generation, our generation, um, are warriors and, and are motivated by long-term positive change. And I am grateful for life for, uh, for the opportunity that I get to be able to be a part of this generation. What if I was born 10 years ago? What if I was born 10 years from now? What if, what if I was a day late or a day behind? I mean, I, I'm appreciative. I'm thankful for the opportunity that's in front of me now. Uh, And I think the day I stop being grateful for the opportunities to work hard, right? Opportunities are great, but 
plan plans and opportunities are, are fantastic until as Mike Tyson said, you got to plan until I punch you in the face. Um, right. The, oh. the day you quit going after your plan, the day you quit going after opportunities, the day you quit pushing yourself and you just sit on your ass and you wait for opportunities or success or whatever you want to have it come knocking on the door is the day you failed. RIP. See ya. Like you're done. The day you're satisfied, you're done. Boom. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I love you, brother. Thank you, man. I love you. This is great. Hey, easy, practical. How, how's the best way to get a hold of you? What is the best way to get a hold of you or find you online or wherever? Where do people oh, go yeah. to find Stephen Downey on the internet? Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I have my Facebook page. I think there's a fan page set up. Uh, I know there's a fan page. I should. I said think like I didn't do it. I absolutely <laughs> did. I, I was like a little ego thing right there, so I'm sorry. But I have a Facebook page set up. Uh, if you want to follow it, I'm going to post pictures from Everest and Nepal while we're climbing. I'm going to post a lot of entrepreneurship, things I'm doing, things like that. If you want to email me, it's steve, S-T-E-V-E, at utusk, U-T-U-S-K dot com. Um, yeah, just – Instagram, search my name. I'm a pretty, pretty easy guy to find. I'm not hiding anywhere. And do we have? Is there a launch date for the app? That a day that yeah, when people yeah. will be able to find the app in the app store and play uh, or well, iTunes. Right now, we're planning for mid June when I get back from Everest. But cool. as everybody knows in the the tech tech world or software world, that there are some flexibilities in those dates. So assuming that everything works out well, yeah, we should be launched uh, mid June. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. My brother. I love you, brother. You're the man. And this concludes the weigh-in with today's guest, the one, the only, Stephen Downey. Big on energy, big on ideas, big on action. Thank you for sitting down and shutting up and listening to our episode today. And when you go out into the world today, think about what areas of your life where you could apply Steve's message of shut up and listen. This could be as simple as sitting down and listening to an entire song all the way through without skipping to the next track. It could be sitting down and listening to what your girlfriend or boyfriend or your mom or dad has to say to you before you feel like you need to interject with your own opinion. Maybe it's simply sitting still and meditating for a few minutes to listen to what's going on inside of yourself. Maybe just maybe you'll hear something you've never heard before and finally for show notes and much much more head over to teamoway.com slash steven peace out my happy tree friends make it a great day